They know how to make you smile. You're already here, why don't you stay a while? Kick back, relax, you freaks. They're playing all the tricks and taking all of the treats. Grab a whiskey and hang on tight. Smoke that bong with all your might. They write books, One, two, that ain't all. One short it's all it's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and then drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Best buds talking book of the week and all the horror stuff that they think is neat. Hanging loose doing ridiculous reads Not cause we deserve it cause it's what we need Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne They argue about everything and drive each other so insane Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Hula, hula, la, la, la. I'm John Wayne. With me, as always, is Christopher Triana. Chris, that, of course, was my little welcome back, he who hoo ha ha song that I yes. like to do. Uh, we've been away for a while, but wow, but we're back. And uh, you are here, Chris. Welcome. How are you, man? You oh, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. How about yourself? I'm awesome. I'm amazing. Uh, it's it's good to be back. It's good to see you. It's good to start a new series uh, with the podcast and 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 talk to everybody like we're talking with our minds through the through the radio waves to everyone. And I welcome it. Thank you. We talking are to here. all the ladies out there in Radio we'll, Land. We'll be back to pick you up later. <laughs> later. Speaking of picking you up later, I mentioned we're starting a series, and we have a a, a, a guest to kick off this series with us, a returning guest, a wonderful, awesome, amazing friend of the show and friend of both of ours. They are the editor-in-chief of uh, Powerhouse Publishing in Indie Press, Grindhouse Press. She is the author of uh, Ritualistic Human Sacrifice and co-author of the recent Meet Photo with Anderson Prunty. Please welcome C.V. Hunt. <sighs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> What's up? Hello. Welcome. Welcome back. Oh, it's good to be back. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so it's good for uh, us to be back, too. It's good for it's us to be while. back. We've been on the road. Uh, I've been on the road. Right. We've been on the proverbial road, I think, uh, metaphorically speaking. And we're back now and uh, we're doing a series. But but how is how have things been going? Chris, your, your beard looks excellent. You've got mm. a very nice uh, flannel on. I feel like <laughs> things in your part of the world are are right where they need to be. How, how are you doing? Uh, good. Uh, beard's good. Flannel's good. It's the full lumberjack, you know that I've that I've done. Um, Your beard so yeah, good. Things are going well, and uh, I I want to just say Merry Christmas to all the ladies out there on Radio Land and the guys, maybe and the guys. Um, it's it's Christmas I'll say time. Christmas to the guys, hey guys, it's okay. Christmas time, and and. Uh, it's cold and gray, just the way I like it. Uh, so, 
so yeah, this is this is our our Christmas episode for this year. One of them, I guess you could say. Um, uh, probably the only one that's going to come out in time for Christmas, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but who knows? Who time, knows? Time, not me. Not a fact. I don't know. A, I don't know a goddamn thing. <laughs> but uh, CV Hunt, aka Carrie, our good friend Carrie, welcome back to the show. Um, thank you again for doing this and, and kicking it off with us. I couldn't think of a better guest to start this series with. Um, what's been going on with you lately, uh, with Grindhouse Press, with your own writing, Meat Photos, uh, you know, has been uh, making the rounds in uh, butcher shops all over, as well as um, high high class porno shops and many bookstores. So uh, what's been going on? Oh, not much. Um, so... This year, at the beginning of this year, yeah, me and Anderson Puente put out uh, a meet photo, and then um, we've been kind of working on our own stuff separately. I've been doing more short stories for anthologies. That I haven't actually written anything long form of my from myself. I'm currently working on one right now, and have two. Uh, short stories coming out in anthologies next year. Uh, one from Black Spot Books, and the other from uh, I got to look again. I'll make sure I'm pronouncing it. Minade Press. Uh, there's a American Cannibal, and then there's uh, the other one is uh, poetry um, uh, that's called. I got to look at and again under her eye. Um, that's in November, uh, and the like American Cannibal will be in March. Rad. So you got, cool. you got a bunch of shit, like a smattering of things ready to start. Like, yeah, year, yeah. you could say. Um, yeah, we've been finishing up all the um, editing and stuff for the Grindhouse for next year, too. Awesome. I know a lot of people yep. looking forward to that always. Um, Including a new book by Christopher Triana. Ooh, la, yeah. la. We just had <laughs> all the cover reveal for, which is, uh, it was yeah. amazing. Did you do that yeah. the cover? I'm sorry. I missed my homework on that. Is that you, Carrie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Carrie did the yeah. cover. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I did the cover for that one. Yeah. It looks yeah, great. I, People love it. Mm -hmm. It's Yeah. Awesome. I did the, did the cover for Chris's and I did the cover for Ali Say's too. Her hysteria will be coming out, um, July and then Chris's will be May. I got to try to remember to get all my dates right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll definitely be pimping that for sure. As as yeah. oh yeah, mad pimping, mad pimping, mad pimping. Sure. Um, and John Wayne, you know you're my bottom bitch. Well, I'm a, I'm your <laughs> hey, I'm your power bottom bitch, and don't forget about it. Oh, um, ooh, 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 ooh. speaking yes. of power bottoms, we were uh, talking about weed, <laughs> and uh, see, I, I love I love when you do this. You say what? speaking of something, and then I'm your segue, segue makes I'm no sense I'm whatsoever. I know, I know, nonsensical. I appreciate, I appreciate the feedback. <laughs> I am a, yeah, I'm an excellent segue artist. Yes, um, <laughs> and I can write and say, dude. Speaking of segues, I was at it in Austin a few weeks ago at at a, a market, and uh, it was at this you know kind of convention center downtown at, at the segway convention. Yes. Dude, listen, I went outside to walk. <laughs> they were riding segways. Yes, there was like there was like a segway tour. 
And I was like, did these things still exist? There was this guy. He was obviously yeah. like Segway man. And he was like, hey, everybody. And they were Segway like, man. And they were all following him around. Superhero. Park, you know, yeah. And they're like, like, he's like telling like, all right, now break and do this. And I'm just watching these people on Segways going, what the fuck? You remember the, you remember the big advertising campaign that went behind those back before they came out? And how it was like, this is going to revolutionize oh, yeah. travel. And like, it was such a big thing. And that came out and it was just this. This little, it looks like a kid's toy, and they Nerds. were putting like, yeah, they were putting like, they were putting cops on it and stuff, and it was just absolutely hilarious. You know, yeah. you just look ridiculous on one. You, can, it's like vaping. You can't look cool doing it. No, you so can't. you know, yeah, it's. Uh, you remember, um, uh, in the, I remember when I always saw the movie Iron Man. And uh, there's a scene where, okay, so Jeff Bridges is in the movie and he's also bald in the movie. And there's a scene where he just rides up on a Segway <laughs> and the whole audience laughed, even though it wasn't supposed to be a funny scene. Right. It just is. It's a bald Jeff Bridges on a Segway. It's funny. <laughs> it, it is very funny. Um, it is. But uh, when I was out there uh, seeing these Segways and walking Boney, shout out Boney, uh, I was smoking a bowl, uh, which brings us to John Wayne's. No. Week. <laughs> weed corner we have a lot of weed to talk about weed john wayne's weed today. corner first of all chris <laughs> in your part of the world uh your dispensaries are going to open up soon you sent me a, yes. a flyer an invitation to your your weed party <laughs> that you're gonna have I, did, uh, yes. gonna, I think you're cutting a ribbon <laughs> at one of the uh dispensaries now you've really yes. come a uh, long way dude i have come a long way i have um uh, I, I've really embraced the the weed in a way I didn't think I was going to ever again. Um, and it's completely replaced by drinking. I don't drink anymore at all and haven't really in a long time. Same. Yeah. 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 I bar um, barely drink anymore. Yeah. I only I'll only have a beer on on like a first date just so the woman doesn't think I'm well, something's wrong with me. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> they do. People are like, why don't you Better. drink? And it's like, no, I just don't figure really that want out to. later. Yeah. <laughs> But I can enjoy the flavor of a beer or something, but I, I don't drink to get intoxicated anymore. Um, but yes, the dispensaries are finally opening in Connecticut in January, which is very exciting. Uh, I Right now I drive to Massachusetts to get my edibles, but I won't have to anymore, which is very nice. That is uh, that is amazing. Um, I'm very yeah. happy for you. Now, I, like I said, you. we were texting earlier. I need uh, I need to come up for a visit soon so we can go together. I feel like that would be a good uh, bonding experience. Oh yeah, that that could be like a, Our, a the whole episode of the a show. live episode. We, yeah, yeah. It could be a day out. You know, we could yeah. go get breakfast at the place we get breakfast at, and then yes. uh, from there we go to the dispensary. We have a yeah. whole time, and then maybe we grab a light lunch on the way back. And we go to the house and we we have our our smoke and our eat our edibles and th this baby writes itself. This really sounds like a good it's it sounds amazing. It sounds like the best time I know for everyone yeah. for everyone involved. Um, that's great. So are you still you're still on your edibles? You, anything new in your edible uh, game coming coming? Not up? really. I mean, I don't I don't do the pills anymore just because they're so expensive. I, I do the gummies or I do like a liquid tincture. The liquid tincture is is good because it kicks in very quickly for an edible it's like 10 minutes it kicks in mm -hmm. uh and also by having that happen you know immediately if you want 
to take a little bit more or not, rather than when you take like a gummy edible and it can start to kick in a little bit after 20 minutes and you're like, ah, maybe I need more. But then in 40 minutes, you're like, whoa, no, I don't. I'm totally high with just what I took initially. Right. Uh, with the tincture, you have a, a clearer idea, um, uh, like going going into it. Well, but it tastes like shit. It's terrible. Like I just, I drowned it in yeah. Dr. Pepper. I, I like put it in Dr. Pepper and just do a quick shot, you know, and just get it over with because it's terrible tasting. Well, I think like that's also one of the very good things about um, uh, marijuana, the legalization and the um, regulation of it is like you you do there. There's percentages and there's servings and you we we there people can get a better grasp on like this is what I need to take to get me where I need to go. And I'm not just yeah. going to eat this brownie. And all of a sudden I'm on the moon for seven hours and I have to call the, uh, the police on right. myself or something like that. And <laughs> you also know what kind of strain that you're getting too, because yeah, I've talked to people who've had, you know, not a good time. And it's yeah. just like, well, what, sh what strain were you doing? It's like, I don't know. I just bought some swag shit off the street is like, see, you don't even know what the fuck you're doing with that yeah. stuff. It's like yeah. it, all of them have like different properties and, well, you know, well, when we were, we were when when we were talking the other night, you were saying where, where you live, like a lot of the edibles are like twenty milligrams each. Yeah, they're kind of high. That's which, very high. I, yeah, I mean, for someone like you know, like Andy will eat a twenty; he's fine with that. I, I have a very very low tolerance for stuff, yeah. so like yeah. I prefer to do like five uh, right. five milligrams if i'm like at a party or hanging out or watching tv or something like that because it's like 10 i'm like i'm ready to go to fucking bed so um for christmas i ended up buying uh it's called a levo l-e-v-o and it's a machine almost looks like a coffee pot that you can put your weed in uh you can if you need to dry your weed if you're actually growing it it'll dry it uh, it'll heat up to activate it. And then you can dump whatever oil you want in it. I bought MCT oil, which is like coconut oil. We can do like butter or, you know, other things. And it infuses uh, the THC into that oil. So you can use that for gummies, brownies, anything you want to make with the oils and still have it coming. I made the butter yesterday, but I took the spent uh, weed, which still was covered in oil and stuff. And just threw that into some brownies and it made some pretty low grade brownies actually i was surprised um but i have like a mixer coming too that's specifically for making gummies because the problem is you kind of got to have two people there and you got to work quickly when you're making gummies because you got to keep stirring it so it doesn't set up mm. but this machine it like cooks it and keeps stirring it so you can put it in the molds uh, before it sets up so with that, when, once the oil's done do you just put it on an existing gummy or something or do you uh, no, you can buy, they have where you can buy their mixes, but they're kind of expensive. And then I looked online and it's just like, literally, if you just buy like whatever flavored jello that you want, and then unflavored jello, something called Lois Lethison, but you can like order online. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's like a fifth thing that you have to put in there. I can't remember what it is right now. I think just water and then the oil. Yeah. And you just, yeah, you can cook them up and make it yourself. It just, you got to constantly stir it for like 15 minutes. So it's just like, well, here's a, a thing. It's just literally called a gummy mixture. It's from Levo that you put all your stuff in and it cooks it and stirs it for you. So you don't have to stand there keeping an eye on it. Oh, wow. Does it yeah, they make a mix, but it's like $15. And it's like you can, I bought like some Starburst Jello. So it tastes like Starburst, you know? Yeah. Um, nice. <laughs> are you able to yeah. tell how many milligrams you're putting into the ones 
there or no? yeah it's it is it's a lot of maths <laughs> yeah no um when i did mine i actually the the levo they do sell it's called a tea checker where you can put a couple of drops of the oil into this machine and it'll tell you exactly how many milligrams of thc are in each teaspoon tablespoon and i think milliliter or something like that so mm. my best guess because i went i want low and slow um i think uh well it said i think for the i did a whole 16 ounce jar which was like over i think 2300 milligrams in the entire jar you, you end up using a half a cup or i'm sorry a quarter of a cup of oil in your thing so then you have to take whatever's in that quarter cup which i think it was like 74 milligrams per tablespoon times eight uh that's how many milligrams you would have in your entire batch and then how many ever molds that you have mm -hmm. uh, so they say for the most part you end up getting like 64 gummies so i think mine will end up being around nine but I bought them in square molds, so you can actually cut them in half and make them half what you of what you want. So, so is this I'm guessing is much more cost effective than buying gummies. Yes, I mean the machine itself is a little pricey. I happened I've been keeping my eye on it, and Black Friday came around. They had a thirty percent off uh, mm. coupon, so I got that. But yeah, I mean compared no, no, to I mean, you, like you invest in the machine but i mean in the long run in the long know, run it's way way yeah. way cheaper yeah. yeah um it's way cheaper than buying because like i don't know it's like andy got some gummies i think there was 60 was it 60 in a jar or something like 30 in a jar and it's like 50 or 60 dollars for yeah. a jar of them and i'm just like i started figuring up as like well you know jello plus i went and got some flour at the dispensary one of them was on sale for pretty cheap it was like knocked down to like $23 for like 2.83 grams. And it's just like, yeah, this is way cheaper uh, yeah. because you figure one, 2.83 grams of weed. You know, I spent like 30 bucks on it um, in there makes, you know, four basically enough to make four batches of gummies. Each batch is like 60 some gummies or more, give or take. So you're talking about like, yeah, $30 plus whatever jello mix that you get, which is pretty cheap, a couple dollars, you know, plus yeah. the oil. It's like, yeah, you're making, you know, just in uh, one bat or one jar, you're making four batches. You're making 240 gummies for, you know, maybe 30 or 40 bucks. Wow. So yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. way cheaper. Yeah. way cheaper and you can it, kind of regulate how much you're putting in there you can make them really strong or you can make them light just depending uh, on how much weed you put when you infuse it yeah it sounds it i mean i'm sure it's not but it sounds complicated it does sound complicated yeah. <laughs> uh, i i watched a lot of youtube videos of people using it and describing the formula and then they make it kind of easy because they have an app where you can put in like this is the my weed is, you know, 30% THC, it's 2.83 grams, and it'll tell you, like, this is what you can expect to get out of it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah, Andy's put me in part of it because he's like, I'm not good at math. I'm like, I'll get me it. Either. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think it would be too much for me to try to yeah. do. I think I'm I'm not smart yeah. enough. <laughs> I'm, it, I'm not good is, at math. And, yeah. It is one of those things that you can adjust, but by like, you can make it stronger by putting less oil in to infuse or more weed because it'll hold up to like, I think seven grams, the little basket thing. You can buy an additional basket to put more as like, I can't imagine how fucking high uh, off that 
would make it because yeah. <laughs> I I am one of those people that if you if I take too much, I have a bad time. So me too, me too, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why I do the edibles. It's just because like because uh, like that. That's what I was going to mention. Is you were saying, you know, like like you get yours like at the store and they could be 20 25 mm-hmm. milligrams here i think there's it's some kind of law where they can only be five milligrams they can't be any stronger even though you can buy you know a bag yeah. of them and you could easily take you know uh, 20 of them yeah you know, four, of them. yeah you have many you want you take four of them you get your 20 milligrams mm-hmm. um but yeah it's some it's some kind of rule you can't get anything stronger it's the how they yeah. they regulate it like that. So like yeah. it can only be like and a, a lot of states are like ten milligrams is the highest yeah. they can sell it at a dispensary. But they're not selling you one. You're still buying ten. Yeah. You're still buying hundred milligrams at a time. Right. But so it makes it I, doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's just like and I would. It's just like it's a CYA type of thing. It's just yeah. the you know. So yeah. And I would I would pre- prefer it to be lower anyway because like if I buy them and they're like twenty milligrams and I'm like that's way too much for me and I go to cut it right. in half. It's like you can eat one half and get one experience. You can eat the other half and get a different experience because right. I've done that one several times. Makes you taller, yeah. and one pill makes you small. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not much, evenly. Right? It's not evenly no, it's divided by, by ripping it, no. it in half. Yeah. I love yeah. It. <clears throat> um, shouts out to my buddy Gaston Glass. He makes edibles that are uh, called deadables that are 50 milligrams a piece. They're gummy square gummies that are 50 milligrams. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're amazing. Uh, Inside Baseball, I, I narrated uh, our good friend Aaron Beauregard's book, uh, one of his books, Modern Hysteria. Shouts out mm-hmm. uh, for the whole second half of that book. Uh, I sat there and narrated it. I ate 200 milligrams. Uh, Jesus Christ! Oh. And I just like was going woo, but I'm a I have a little bit of a higher tolerance, so it yes, takes a little do. bit for me to get there. Uh, but I, I it it is different, um, but also interesting how they make how they do those and how you like he because he makes those like in his own shop. So like mm-hmm. you're you making these? That's why I was interested in how like the math I guess that goes behind regulating it because I yeah. wouldn't do the math at all. I would just be like I hey, just put it all in. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll fix yeah, it. You're, you're we'll not a big fan, you know. You're not, you're not a big fan of moderation, anyway. So. Well, you know, you got to work yeah. back. You know, you start strong, and then you and, back. and that 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 company they also sell like these mega things for doing like huge batches for like small business people who are actually making like edibles and selling them and stuff like that. I just bought like the home version of it because I'm like I don't need more. Basically, it'll make. 16 ounces of oil and I only need like, I think, I think it's either a quarter cup or a half a cup per, uh, you know, batch of gummies. So it's just like, yeah, that's going to last forever. I just keep it in the freezer so yeah. that it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's awesome because when you, when you can make your own and do your own thing, like it's always going to be save you money in the long run, save you product in mm-hmm. the long run. And you know what's going into it. And, yeah, too, and you exactly you know. know exactly what you're getting. Um, yeah, because you got that control over it. Chris, uh, remember like I had that one dab like that rig that I was doing dabs on the show a few shows ago, and you were like, Wow, you're a drug addict. Dude, look at this. <laughs> I got a new dab rig. This is called this is what's called a nectar collector. I broke that dab rig on the road. I'm holding it up to the oh. people to see. So it looks like a syringe, like a big it does. syringe. Yeah, it um, looks like a syringe. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's supposed to. So it reminds me of like reanimator kind of like with the colors and stuff and this is like oh, you, yeah. you heat this side of it with a torch and then you just like take like uh little little sips i guess off of the wax that's in this little jar 
So that's just like the wax form of the THC. And uh, I'm going to do this for you now uh, in front of uh, in front of us. Okay. But you guys can talk while I do. That, this. It's funny. It's like even though yeah, even I have though I torch going and see how I just like hold this tor- the end of this onto the torch to heat it all up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's so many different ways to to oh, yeah. ingest marijuana yeah. now. Like every like I feel like there's a new thing I hear about every week or something. Yeah. yeah, I I actually just bought today um, uh, because I used to have a dry vape. Now, dry vape is just a container where you put the weed in it and it heats it up, doesn't combust it, doesn't catch it on fire. It just heats it up so hot that it releases uh, the THC and then you suck on it like a vape and it's just air, you know. And you just um, put you just put the flower in just as is. Yeah, um, the one that oh. I got. Yeah, the one I bought was called like a. Um, Oh gosh, I'm going to forget like Azer or something like that. But it has a glass tube. It kind of looks like a one hitter. Um, you just kind of smash it down into your weed and there's a little part at the bottom of the glass tube that holds like basically like a hit or so, you know, and then uh, you put it down in the device and it just heats it up and you just suck out of that for like five, 10 minutes, however long, one or two times that you want to hit it. And then you just pull it out, dump the little weed out. And yeah. But and then they. But with you being a low tolerance uh, like mm-hmm. me, um, the flowers are so much stronger. So yeah. w- what would you do? Just like one hit or something? Uh, I would put less in it. And then I do one hit. And a lot of times I just don't hold it. Uh, like a lot of people suck chill. it in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people right just right. suck it in and hold it. And the longer you hold it, like the more you're going to absorb. So I would just kind of like hit it in and out and just like hit it once and put yeah. like less in. It. Yeah. Yeah. But it's and I but always, it's not it's not smoke. It's just the the vapor. No, yeah. no it's just it's just like uh, I mean because it's the same process of like the Levo machine and making the oil. When you first put the weed in there, you're activating it. You're heating it up. Like THC doesn't come out of the weed until it's heated. Mm-hmm. So that machine will heat up to activate the weed. And then you put the oil in to infuse it. So like it's the same process. It's just heating it up and you're just like sucking yeah. the vapor off of it so yeah and it's just it, yeah it's a science to it and um yeah you you sound I'm like sure... a you sound like a professor talking about this stuff <laughs> <laughs> well i've had my medical card for several years now yeah, um, yeah. no yeah. and and there is there is things too where like when you go when you finally go to a dispensary um i'm sure all states are like this i know that i've gotten weed in other states and it's like this in ohio they have a label on there and it tells you what percentage right like yeah. the stuff that i got was a higher percentage but that which was like 30 percent. but they had stuff that was like 18 percent. and in, in ohio they call it tier one and tier two like tier one is like below a certain percentage uh for lightweights and then tier two is like a stronger right yeah so. yeah that's i think all the all the dispensaries have that like you know like i was yeah. saying i go to one in massachusetts and they have it all broken down like that mm-hmm. too yeah but i haven't fucked so with I, any I haven't fucked with any flowers. I've been too afraid. Yeah, <laughs> I just no. took the little the little edibles. Yeah, the the dry vape thing. I would probably specifically for me, I would get a lower percentage, something that was like eighteen percent or something like that right. before I would would I wouldn't jump on like a thirty percent. Like I said, I've had bad experiences with some high grade stuff, and right, it was too. not fun. So yeah, um. <laughs> me, me too. It kept it kept me off of weed for over a decade. It's having oh, yeah, having yeah. a bad experience. Yeah, 
just, yeah, just to well, weigh in for our other listeners, uh, for just to be like, a, you can do more and still have a good time. Uh, look at me. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm a, no, I'm a guy that no. doesn't. But, uh, you know, it's no, a, no, I, I don't want us to be all like on the podcast. No. Like, don't do too no, much. No, no, no. Freak no, out. No, no. no, we're just, no, we're just I, saying just, for gotta, certain people. Yeah, you got to you know. Gotta know your, know your you got to know your own body. Yeah. You know, you, you got to know your own body. Like, I am just a low time. I, I can't take like two Tylenol. If I take two Tylenol, I feel like I'm going to fucking pass out. Like, I just yeah. have a very low tolerance to any kind of drug, cold medicine, anything. It's like, I take heart medication. I can't even mm -hmm. take the whole pill. Yeah. I have to take half the pill because the whole pill is too much for me. Yeah. And yeah. so it's just like, you just got to know your own body. You know, it's just like, if you're a high tolerance person, yeah, you can go higher. And then there is, you know, there is research for some people. And I guess me and Chris might be these people, not everyone. There are some people that if you do do massive amounts, it can <laughs> cause like psychosis. It can yeah. cause a break in reality, right. um, which, which can be terrifying. Particularly yeah. for people who already have mental illness, yes. you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm bipolar. Yeah. So I have to be careful with every kind of substance that I put in my body because yeah. it can just totally derail it. And that's another thing, like John was saying, was saying like, you could have, mm -hmm. you can take more and have fun. Um, yeah. It just, a it's lot of people, for everybody. it's not, yeah. but it's also, it's also the, you, you may want more or less depending on the, on what you're planning to do. Like if you yeah. want to just like have a little bit relax and watch the golden girls, like I do, mm -hmm. you know, you can just do a little bit, but if you're like partying, if like the new, I don't know if like, like on oh, the new pink Floyd album just came out. I don't know why I picked that. Oh, yeah. You're not making anything new, but like some, it's something <laughs> where you want a psychedelic experience. Yeah. You want it. You want to take more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're going to the Pink Floyd no. laser experience. Maybe you want to, there you go. That. There you that's go. It. That's exactly. It. That's, the one. that's the one. That's the one. You're coming right. to visit yeah. Christopher Triana in the woods. You want to take a little bit? <laughs> yes. Well, um, then, uh, go ahead, Carrie. What? I was going to say, and then there's people that, you know, I tell them I can't do a lot because I have had a couple of psychotic breaks with it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that they're just like, oh, I wish that would happen with me. It's like, well, but, you know, yeah, no, you don't. I, I don't think no, you don't. No, not no. the same. It's, it's, from, it's, from a high tolerance person, yeah. it's not this. It, it'd yeah. be funny to say, but no, yeah. everyone listeners, it's not the no. same psychotic break you think that no. is going to get. No. It's a total break with reality. Um, Yeah, it's, it's a, not good. It's not good. It's it's hallucinating happens. in a really bad way. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're hallucinating, but it's it's like you don't think you're going to come back. It's like, yeah, you're mm -hmm. you're gone. You're, you're not riding your luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, speaking of luck dragons, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was just about to say. I think, um, I think that will that'll uh, lead us into our 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 next segment uh, before this becomes a whole show just about weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we just going to start the John Wayne weed podcast? Yeah, I know. It's your, it already John Wayne. exists. <laughs> it's, yeah, just, yeah, John Wayne's weed corner. Yeah. Um, all right. So are we ready to get into our other stuff? Yeah. I think so. I think so. I think, I think we are. So that'll take us right into our first segment, which is book of the week. Book. Book. <laughs> book of the week. week. Yep. Everyone's favorite. Uh, so this week for book of the week, uh, since we have, uh, uh, C.V. Hunt of Grindhouse Press. Uh, she's going to be telling us about a upcoming um, book release, which you can actually pre-order right now. So, Carrie, why don't you take it away? 
Okay, so on January 13th of next year, um, the Grindhouse will be releasing a book from Chris DeLeo. It's called The Hands of Onan. Um, I personally really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm publishing on a Grindhouse Press. Uh, it's about a guy who his neighbor slash friend is um, lost to a cult uh, that uh, worships the god Onan. I'm don't know if anybody knows who Onan is, but uh, but yes, basically it's a masturbation club uh, mm. cult. And uh, yeah, the guy's wife is very, very upset and tells his friend that like he has to track him down and bring him back. So um, yeah, it's a whole story about the guy finding this cult. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very entertaining. Uh, but it will, the Kindle is up for pre-order on Amazon, uh, The Hands of Onan. If you search that, it should come up. Uh, and then, yeah, the paperback will be available on January 13th. Nice. So this is, this is Onan, not Odin. I do know yeah, Odin. Odin. Yeah. Like yeah. the God of thunder, I think it was what he was. Yeah. 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 This is, yeah. this is the God of, of masturbation. So <laughs> I don't like the God. I, I think Thor is the God of thunder, isn't it? Odin's his dad or something, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yelling at the comments like, ah, you fucking yeah. idiots don't even know your Norse mythology i remember well, what why would we yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> fucking <laughs> fucking nerds <laughs> we love you all you fucking nerds but still why, why uh, would a grown man with the with the word uh, genius let at me, work let me see yeah yeah this much i, I withdraw my question um so, awesome is that the that's the first release from from grindhouse press uh in the new year right in 2023 Yes, yes. Um, so after that, in February, don't have an exact date, um, I'll be publishing Graffiti Tombs uh, by Matt Serafini. And then Christopher has a book, and it's called uh, The Prettiest Girl in the Grave. Uh, that'll be in May. Uh, and then in July, we have Hysteria. Uh, subtitle is uh, Lolly and Lady Vanity. It's like two novellas uh, from Ali Say and C. Sorry. Uh, and then, um, yeah, a bad new movie night by Patrick uh, Lacey will be in September. If I get all those correct. <laughs> nice. That's a good lineup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm in good company there. Yeah. No, I try to keep it a little shorter this year. Just, um, yeah, tons of stuff going on. Uh, I've got some events coming up the first few months of the year and stuff. So. Are you gonna? Cool. Are you going to be out at like like conventions and stuff like that? Events like you mean the markets? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I don't know if you want me to talk about that now or I not. Do. Um, I think sure. it, okay. it goes with the the book um, in Grindhouse Press type stuff. I had to write it all down because my memory's bad. Okay. So let's see. If you February. can't see this. She's she's reading it yeah. from her hand. It's all written down. Yeah. It's all written written on my <laughs> hand. Uh, yeah, that's how I cheat. That's how I cheated in school, just writing yeah. it on the inside of your hand. We're not great um, at by the way. That's actually appreciate the effort. Thank you. That's actually what all the tattoos are, is they're just yeah. <laughs> she had she Yeah, had they're to, just answers. They're mementos. Yeah. Questions. yeah. It's mementoing. So, uh February eighteenth, uh Scarelastic Book Fair. That's at Scarlet Lane Brewing Brewing in McCordsville, Indiana. Um, and then March thirty first through April second. Uh, we'll be at Cinema Wasteland because um, Grindhouse has finally nailed a permanent table at Cinema Wasteland oh, as a vendor. Yes. So nice. That Congrats. happens. Yeah. 
Cinema Wasteland happens twice a year. It's in, um, yeah, March, April, and September, October area. Um, and yeah, then, you've, you've always said really good things about that, that event, too. Yes, I love that. Uh, if you are into trash cinema, get your ass to fucking Cinema Wasteland. And yeah. this year, they will be having the <clears throat> cast from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre there. Uh, so it's like the, re- they, well, they the, the remaining, remaining, I guess yeah. the remaining cast. The remaining, yeah, yeah the remaining yeah. cast. Because I mean, we've uh, already lost. got the hitchhiker and yeah, Grandpa yeah. and yeah, we got Gunner. There's quite a back. yeah, Gunner's gone and well, yeah, Gunner's um, gone. Marilyn Burns is gone. Marilyn's so, gone, and of course Toby yeah. Hooper is gone. Uh, yeah, 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 it's too bad. Yeah. Um, I did get to meet Gunner Hansen before he passed away. That was really cool. That's I got cool. to meet him like. I don't know. God, it must be 15 years ago now. Uh, um, have you read his book? You should check that out. I, I've heard he's, he's, he's written poetry and stuff as well. No, he um, he wrote a book. I think it's called The Way of the Soul or The Life of the Soul. I can't remember the name of it, but the audiobook. I listened to the audiobook because he reads it. Uh, oh, nice. It's all about like the making of it. And yeah. Oh, I see. Soul. I see. Well, yeah, he yeah. actually he writes stuff that he, well, he wrote stuff that mm-hmm. outside of like, uh talking about chainsaw like he wrote books of poetry and he wrote he wrote like some kind of if i'm remembering correctly some kind of book on geography or something he he did he oh, did yeah. write other yeah. books he did so. other stuff yeah. yeah um oh and i was gonna say and then um april 15th punk rock flea market in akron ohio we've done that before um they're this one the first one it was like 60 vendors this is like 125 vendors and they're having it having yeah having it at the Summit County Fairgrounds Arena Complex. So it's indoors this time. Last time it was outside. Mm. Um, but that's what we got going on now. And then obviously we'll be doing Cinema Wasteland in the September, October area. So I can't I can't do those those outside events. Like I always I, 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 I feel like I'm at a farmer's market or something. I just yeah. feel like it, it doesn't make sense to me. Outside I don't of care for it. Yeah. I, because the, the last one we did it was like in august and it was fucking hot and then you got to yeah. have a tent and all that stuff and it was, yeah but the, the heat uh, it could be hot it could be raining it could be snow, like all these things could go wrong and it just it just feels like it just feels trashy to me it just feels like <laughs> like a flea market or something yeah you know? yeah you well know, it can be classy like, there's ones that are at like bars that are like inside outside that like are, yeah. are cool but like then it's it's like sometimes it's like super fucking cold yeah. outside at no, night I, yeah, breathing yeah. like you know and and uh, with those guys it's like doing the punk rock flea market is like that was great that was literally the best show that we ever did like as far as like sales um nice. loved it loved the people they were really great really informative i just not they had live music going on and it was so uh, loud boo, we like, boo. yeah we're like having to shout and stuff to talk to that's, the people and, that's terrible yeah yeah it's just like i i know it's like trying to get people to come in and everything but it's just like oh i can't like why and we're like right in front of like the stage so Uh, it was can't can't hear anything that anyone's saying (laughs) yeah Yeah, that that sucks that's going to make it difficult to sell books so are you not going to be at um author con no um so we had signed up for the cinema wasteland and got that it's the exact, exact same, same weekend that's why author. yeah i was thinking that when when you brought up the dates so yeah, yeah that's too bad yeah. um i will have to join you at cinema wasteland at some point i am going to authorcon I, but yeah i, I, I would not like well. i said they cinema wasteland they do it twice a year so they they will have another one next year i don't know the exact dates but it's usually that last weekend between uh september and october it's usually like 
you know, right in between September, October type thing. Okay. Well, I'd love to join you sometime. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to send you a link to it so you can check out their website and stuff. And if anybody's interested in this stuff and you're wondering where the fuck it's at, uh, if you go to the Grindhouse website and you click on, I think it's announcements, uh, it's the first uh, uh, blog post that's there. You just click on that. It has the names, uh, addresses, times, dates, how much it costs. All of them are free, except for, I think, the Plunk Rock flea market. It might be $2 for parking. Or yeah. um, Stone Wasteland is you got to buy a pass, but they do have mm. daily passes if you don't want to buy the whole weekend. So, okay, yeah. very good. Well, I think um, I think now we can move on to more serious business. You're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, we're going to move on to the uh, our our most beloved stupidest segment. Uh, are we all ready? We are. Yeah. We are. All right. Ridiculous reads. <laughs> anyway, ridiculous reads, Christopher. Yes, yes. I, I turned into Jeff Goldwyn for a minute there. I like that. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, for ridiculous reads. Uh, we we were talking earlier, John Wayne and I, and we wanted to do something to celebrate uh, the, the season. And I was like, well, do we have anything Christmas themed? And I went, oh, 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 wait a minute. I myself just happened to have released something for Christmas time. And it is a dark comedy. So it kind of falls into the category of ridiculous. I mean, it's a ridiculous story. Uh, and uh, Carrie, she had uh, something to do with this uh, release as well. And this book, of course, is issue three of The Obituaries, uh, which is a anthology that I've been doing with Daniel J. Volpe and Aaron Beauregard. Uh, and this particular one is, uh, in t- is subtitled Gifts, Stars, and Slayings. It's our holiday issue. I'm holding it up again so you can see the fabulous artwork by Barry McLean Jr. on the cover. And there's also interior artwork by Nick Justice. Shouts out, uh, Barry. Fuck yeah. Shouts out, Barry. Shouts out, Nick. Tell shouts him, out, Barry. Shouts what's out, up, Dan. Right? I, I, yeah, all the time. Every time I talk to him. Love Barry. Yes. I know you love him. <laughs> you, you really do. Uh, it's, <laughs> but who does it? I mean, He's a Barry's fun awesome. guy. We had a good he's, time. He's great, dude. I love him. We'll have to have him back on the show. Um, so anyway, uh, again, this, this is a limited release, uh, that we put out there. They're limited to 300. They're all signed. Uh, there's a couple of them remaining. That's almost sold out. But if you want one, the only place you get it is from each author's website. Uh, so if you go to, uh, djvhorror.com, trianahorror.com or abhorror.com, you can still grab a couple. There's a few stragglers remaining. So, uh, anyway, um, and and of course, uh, Carrie designed the uh, the cover wrap. Uh, I need to mention that too. Uh, so she she does the cover wraps for us, and they're they're beautiful. Uh, so anyway, my my story in this collection, and you know all the stories are fabulous, but mine's the best. Um, <laughs> my story is called Fat Fuck, and the story is about a mall Santa. But he actually is really Santa. But the thing is, is there are many Santas in the world. And it's uh, what it is, is it's actually a curse. Is he's cursed to be Santa Claus. 
to hibernate most of the year and then come out uh, for about a month and a half each year. And he has to be Santa. So his whole life is just Christmas all the time. And it's the living hell. Anyway, what happens is he is approached by these uh, these women who turn out to be uh, satanic priests, priestesses uh, who want to engage in satanic orgies with him with a nefarious uh, plot in mind. Um, so anyway, I'm going to read from this uh, from this story, Fat Fuck. So here we go. Fat Fuck by Christopher Triana. <clears throat> okay. Greta leaned in and pressed against Santa, her body as yielding as plush. The other women drew closer, their hands exploring his chest and shoulders. Children sit on your lap and ask for presents, Greta said, breathing heavy as she brushed her lips against Santa's cheek. But when we servants of Satan sit on your lap, there are other rewards. She wiggled, grinding into his growing erection. We can all benefit each other, Santa, if you're interested. Before he could answer, Monique pulled, pulled her muumuu over her head and flung it to the floor, unveiling a pudding body of biblical proportions. Her bare breasts hung like clocks in a Salvador Dali painting, and her massive gut bore a myriad of stretch marks. Rolls of fatty tissue rippled before Santa's eyes in an ocean of lady flesh, rhino legs infested with varicose veins and feet as swollen as inoperable tumors. Though he looked for her vagina, Monique's groin was shrouded by excessive flesh, obscuring her lady parts. It was hard to tell if he glimpsed a dark bush or just a thick pocket of shadow within the folds of fat. Alexis went next, brushing, <clears throat> excuse me, blushing in a jiggling striptease. Her pale skin was peppered with freckles, the damp tufts under her arms and between her legs, assuring Santa she was a true ginger. It was hard to tell where her chest ended and her stomach began. She was, she was, a, I'm laughing at my own shit here. Um, she, she was a celebration of that's shameless how you know corpulence. it's funny. That's how you know it's funny, right? Uh, she was a celebration of shameless corpulence, a human butterball begging for his gravy. And though she wasn't, <laughs> though she <I> was. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Uh, and though she wasn't nearly as massive as Monique, Alexis's pasty ass was a masterpiece. The huge dimpled buttocks accounted for over a third of her body weight. Two heaping scoops of feminine suity that left Santa quivering in his britches. She kept her striped stockings on as if she knew Santa's preference for them. There was just something about a woman in knee-high socks and nuzzled his his neck with her headband's antlers. Greta rose from Santa's lap, hitched up her dress, and slid out of her double ex, or triple extra-large panties. They glistened in the light of the tree, already moist. <laughs> Anytime you can put moist in there, it's that's, moist. that's moist. the way to go, dude. Everyone's favorite How word. else do you describe cake? You tell me. Uh, delicious. Um, she grabbed Santa's oversized belt buckle and he scooted so she could lower his slacks and briefs over his boots. Greta licked her palm before taking hold of him. So what do you say, Santa? She asked in her best Kathleen Turner voice. Though still unsure what was being asked of him, Santa nodded. Whatever you want, ladies. Greta straddled him, the trio giggling like schoolgirls. <clears throat> 
Santa didn't know Santa didn't know if they were right about him. He didn't care. As long as he was swimming in big, beautiful babes, he wasn't going to muck things up by asking too many questions, not even ones pertaining to his curse. All they told him was he was a tool of the devil. When it came to being Santa Claus, this seemed as logical an explanation as any. Whether the women were right or wrong had no effect on his fate, but their belief he was an instrument of their dark lord resulted in Santa getting laid more than he had in ages. The orgies were as plentiful as they were torrid, offering Santa nine moist holes within a combined 800 pounds of female flesh. There we go, dude. There you go. <laughs> moist holes. Moist. The women were without inhibitions, putting no limits on his perversions. Better still, they were unashamed of their bodies. They suffered none of the shyness or self-disgust that often came with women their size, leaving them as openly sexual as any pornomag nympho. And best of all, they indulged Santa's every desire, including the ones that emphasized their fatness. Santa began to feed them. He brought groceries and fast food to every orgy, stuffing his beauties with junk. He didn't just perform food play. That was how most people incorporated food into sex, putting whipped cream on nipples and using strawberries as toys, imitating Mickey Rourke and Kim Basinger in nine and a half weeks. Instead, Santa took things to stranger, greasier places. He fingered the women with chicken tenders and fucked them in a bathtub of gravy. He stuffed, <laughs> <laughs> he stuffed their orifices with mashed potatoes, ice cream, and green bean casserole and had them lick each other clean. Melted, marg melted margarine was used as lube. Refried beans were wedged into every fatty fold on Monique's body. Alexis's giant ass was slathered in bacon grease, and Greta's mondo tits were dunked in chicken liver bolognese. <laughs> Santa, I'm, I, like, I'm disgusted Good. by myself. Mondo tits <laughs> is a band we should start, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's our outlaw country band, Mondo Tits. Mondo Tits, baby. <laughs> mondo tits. Santa packed his anus with grape jelly for the rim jobs he received. And his boner was awash in every condiment and sauce, with Tabasco offering a little more of a kick than he was prepared for. These nights of passion always began with the women taking turns sitting on Santa's lap. Like children, they would share their desires with him. But unlike the kids he endured at the mall, these ladies didn't ask for material goods. Instead of naming presents, they made macabre wishes, whispering in Santa's ear as if he were some malevolent djinn. I want everyone to suffer. Alexis said, I want ocean levels to rise until New York City is like Atlantis and Florida completely sinks into the swamps. I want all tap water to be so contaminated that people can't even bathe in it, let alone drink it. She giggled into her bald fists. And then I want a worldwide drought. Greta was similarly nefarious. I want the division in this country to only grow stronger, so no progress can be made for the greater good, so people can't even come together against a common enemy because they're too focused on the enemy within. I want more neighbors killing each other over complete lies they heard on TV or read on social media, more unhinged leaders, more mass shootings. I want full-on civil war and genocide, and I want it to seem commonplace. I'd say we're seeing that already, Santa said. Yeah, she said with a wink. It's been a steady work in progress. And I'm going to stop there. <laughs> so, 
Very nice. <laughs> yay that I wrote it or yay that I stopped reading it? <laughs> <laughs> that you wrote it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, that is from a little story I wrote called Fat Fuck. Uh, it's the longest story that I've written for any of the obituaries so far. It's really more of a novelette. Uh, and I'll just, for those of you watching the video, I will show you the drawing uh, that uh, the illustration, if you will, that Nick Justice did for my story, Fat Fuck, because I think it's the funniest thing that was ever drawn for anything I've ever written oh, in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, again, you can pick this up at our websites if you want uh, the obituaries holiday special. Get it now. Jingle all the way. Ho, ho, ho. Very and cool. uh, and of course, uh, Carrie, you you have one of these. You you know, I sent one to you. But uh, as a little Christmas treat, John Wayne, I, I've sent one to you as well. You should be getting it soon. What? Oh, that's right. You. That's right. So and so, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> you old so and so. That's awesome. I can't wait. Um, yes. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it, it, uh, everyone out there who does not have one can get one before they're out and hear the rest of that story and um, the other two stories that are in there that are awesome. Absolutely. Um, amazing, dude. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. It's <laughs> it's it's the it's the grossest and most silly thing I've written in a long time. So it was it was a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Very good. Uh, descriptions <laughs> as always. Orifices, <laughs> potatoes. Not, not to not to toot my own horn too much, but I was particularly proud of saying um, her breasts hung like clocks in a Salvador Dali painting. I was I was really happy with that line. <laughs> no, that was <laughs> absolutely. Um. Okay, so are you people out there? Are you missing Halloween? I mean, I know it's I know it's Christmas time, and that's great, but we're all horror fans here. It's not nearly as cool as Halloween. So John Wayne and I were talking about it and how like you, you go through those Halloween withdrawals after October's over. So we said, well, what can we do to help? And so we came up with a new segment and we're having all different uh, guests. And our very first guest for this new segment, of course, is C.B. Hunt, our, our good friend, Carrie. And this is a new segment we call Monster Mash. You know, maybe a jingle would help. Watch the month. Don't watch the monsters. <laughs> there we go. Don't watch the monsters. This is the monsters. Yes, uh, we are the monsters. But you yeah. should watch monster movies. Oh, you should. Yeah. Absolutely. But we're getting back to the roots. The, the main, like when, when you see these, the universal monsters, the big, uh, like the big four of thrash almost, uh, but of monsters. Um, and there's more than four. But, but yeah, I was going to say, we're doing more than four. Yeah, um, just course, like, you know, this is the best way my brain knows how to relate it. Yeah, you can only count to four. I know. Yes, I, I know this because I can count to six, and I've always considered myself superior because. Right. No, you're right. And you're right. <laughs> and, and, and Carrie over here with all her equations, she does the math she, that has no, letters she, in no, it. She's a, yeah. she's a professor. Um, professor but, Algebra. But yeah. it's so we're, we're getting that this is what we're doing with this series. And we're, what are we doing? We're getting to those 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 OG monsters, original gangster mm -hmm. monsters, some would say. And yes. starting with the creature, aka creature from the Black Lagoon, aka Gilman, aka Gilman, aka Uncle Gil. 
Which, Uncle Gil, I have, YouTube. if you're watching the if you're watching the YouTube, I have a Uncle Gil uh, that I'm showing figure right now. Oh, Gil from the Monsters, uh, <laughs> Uncle Gil. He uh, is prevalent in our culture. Gil man, I, I I have a little something that uh, oh no, I wanted to to show you. This is uh, I don't wear it anymore, but uh, I still hold on to because I like it so much. It's your grandmother's this a, brooch. This is a oh. belt buckle. Oh, shit. oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it, the belt buckle. That's a belt buckle. Yeah, glad you don't wear that anymore. First of all, <laughs> all uh, I was I was thinking you might want it. I I, it I, I, it's for decorative purposes. Uh, yeah, but that's that is cool. What is that? Pewter? Is that fine pewter? Yeah, I think or, uh, so. Yeah. If, if you're not watching the 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 video, it's the the uh, creature's head that is a belt buckle. Yes. Um, it is, and, and it's a big belt like buckle. Lemmy status at some point, like to be like really pulling that off these days. But yeah, that would want. Yeah, you do. But, I, but I, it is, it is, I support it is right. official. It is official Universal, Universal. Studios merch merchandise. Did you get it, right there. You get oh, it yeah. from Universal theme park? Or I have no idea. I don't remember. I've had it. I've had it for twenty something years. I don't know. Well, um, speaking of twenty something years. You know, Carrie, you specifically brought you wanted to do the creature, correct? Yes. Tell, tell us, yes. tell us uh, what your connection is to this and why you you were like, yes, I'm doing the creature from the Black Lagoon. Um. Well, my first foray into it was um in my very early 20s. I'm actually I might have been like 19, 20 somewhere in there. Um, I had this period in my life where I decided I was not going to watch anything unless it was black and white. <laughs> I don't know what prompted this madness, but it's, uh, it sounds um, like something you would do in your twenties. Like when you get into yeah, that pretentious yeah. film stage yeah. in your life. It's yeah. like, I only, I'm only watching the devil bats and shit like that. Was yeah. this a goth, a goth thing you, you were like, this sounds goth. Yes. I was very much, I'm a former goth girl. I was a very hardcore goth girl, uh, probably from ages, 17 through 23 something like that you were uh, the bridge like like no. shown me like those days i was but... i was uh so goth i was shitting bats um but... <laughs> i withdraw my question <laughs> um so that was the first time that i seen it and then years later um you know never paid much attention to like directors who did what um but um as a very little kid my mom used to buy me uh fangoria magazines when i was like eight or nine because i fucking loved looking at the makeup and special effects and stuff uh so you know i think it was in 2017 i may be wrong on this a book came out called the lady from the black lagoon um it's by mallory omira i think is how you pronounce her last name um, and then that was when I discovered that the creature is the first creature to be created by a woman. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's a very good book if uh, you're any interest in how the creature came about, because it was created by a woman named Millicent Patrick. Uh, but it is credited to a bud. I'm going to forget his last name. And it's probably a good thing, too. <laughs> it's credited to a man because he was head of the Universal uh, Makeup Department at the time. So, Oh, so uh, yeah, Bud Westmore. Yeah, right. there you go. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he no, was... yeah so you're, you're talking about the creation of the creature from, like, from the, like, the actual physical design. The design. Not, yes. the, 
not the impetus of the story and everything. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. She um, she created um, the actual design. Uh, she did the sketches. She actually had one that they nixed uh, based on, yeah, fish, like from the deep depths is what she had come up with. I think maybe an angler fish was the first one, so it had like the little light or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, but she was looking for things that were more alien in nature. Uh, she did the sketch. She did, I think, the final paint job on the creature uh, and everything. But it was kind of like all under her command, the creation of the creature's costume. And yeah, there were was... two. Yeah. yeah she, like there yeah, were... she... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say there was two because there was two actors. There was one guy who swam and one guy who was on. Uh, he was the guy who swam was too short. They wanted somebody more tall and menacing so there was a taller guy yeah um land. an actor named ben chapman was the land uh gill man and then um mm -hmm. i'm not sure if i'm saying the first name right but there's a rico browning yeah, uh, yeah. he was he was rico. the underwater yeah he he was the underwater gill man in um in all of the the creature movies they did make three of them and he was uh like a pro olympic swimmer uh, yes. And the, one of the reasons they used him is he was able to uh, hold his breath for up to four minutes at a time. Isn't that mm -hmm. crazy? He yeah, because they didn't want any air bubbles. The, the first costume was not designed with an air tank, and they did not want any air bubbles coming out because he's supposed to be breathing through gills. Uh, right. So they wanted somebody that could hold their breath and not have to wear. And also it would fuck with the costume to have like a huge tank on, right, the back, on right. his back. Yeah, and you were talking about the design of it, too. Um like the initial design of the mask, um, because I, I mentioned this on the show before, the um, the, the Witch's Dungeon, which is uh, uh, locally here in, in Connecticut, and they have um, some actual screen-used stuff from the creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm -hmm. And they have one of the original prototypes of the mask where he doesn't have gills at all. It's really more of like a green human head, but they wanted it to look more fish-like, and so they eventually uh, changed it. Uh, it's also um, entirely... Uh, green. Um, both yes. both the actors who played the Gill Man and other people that were involved in the movies said that, that it was entirely green. Uh, unlike what you see a lot now when you see masks, and I have one here to show you, uh, show the camera. Like this Gill Man mask here, uh, you can see how like the eyes are blue and the, the lips have that redness. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's not how it appeared on screen. Of course, the movies are in black and white, so you can't tell. But the reason he started to look like this kind of tossed salad is uh, because of the posters. In the posters, yeah. he had kind of like the red lips and, and the different colored eyes. Um, but he is supposed to be entirely green. And that's what he was in, in all the movies, um, like the actual costume that they used. Yeah, and um, uh, I think it, I, I, it might have been mentioned in the book, too, that actually um, the, uh, the, the guy... The costume for land was a little bit darker than the one that was for water because they were filming in such dark areas that they right. it was like a light lighter shade of green, I guess, is what the guy underwater was wearing. Well, I think um, uh, that we got a little bit ahead of ourselves. I think just about anyone who'd be listening to this podcast probably knows who the creature from the Black Lagoon is. But just in case uh, and also just for those who want a little bit more info, I'm just going to do a quick uh, rundown of the movie. Um, I'm not going to tell you the whole plot. I'm just going to tell you what it is. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon is a 1954 American black and white 3D monster horror film uh, produced by Willem Aland and directed by Jack Arnold. Uh, now, Jack Arnold uh, was a pretty prominent um, uh, horror director for his time. Uh, he's most known for um, It Came from Outer Space, 
uh, The Creature from Black Lagoon, and its sequel, Revenge of the Creature. I also did Tarantula and the Incredible Shrinking Man. Um, so uh, it stars Richard Carlson, Julia Adams, and several others. Uh, the film's plot follows a group of scientists who encounter a amphibious humanoid in the waters of the Amazon, uh, known as the Creature or Gilman. Um, it was produced and distributed by Universal. It was one of the classic Universal monsters. Uh, came out February 12th, 1954. Uh, it was filmed in 3D and originally projected by the polarized light method. The audience wore viewers with a gray polarizing filter, similar to the viewers most commonly used today. Uh, because the brief 1950s 3D film fad uh, had peaked in mid-1953, it was kind of fading by 1954 when Creature came out. So many audiences actually saw the film flat in you know two dimensions. Uh, typically, the film was shown in 3D in large downtown theaters and flat in smaller neighborhood theaters. In 1975, Creature from the Black Lagoon was re-released to theaters in a red and blue hued glasses 3D format, uh, which was used for a 1980 home video release on beta and VHS video cassettes. Uh, and Carrie, you recently managed to find a dvd of the yes. 3d version which is yes. basically impossible um, to find so tell us a little bit yes. about that so i found this um it is it, it, they the company was so nice that they sent the glasses with it and this is what we watched uh it on just last night we rewatched it um yeah there is a company called dvdparty.com um, yeah, that was the only place that I could find it because I've never seen it in 3D. And yeah, I was just either. like, I I kind of want to see it, how it was intended to be viewed. Um, I will say the red and blue, I've seen things, you know, with the regular, the polarized or whatever glasses in theaters. This is not optimal, I will say, because mm. uh, Andy and I both were watching it last night. I was like, I don't know. It's like some things are really clear and it's kind of cool. And then other times it's just like very blurry. And then you're seeing like red, the red and blue separating. Yeah. And I, it's not the, the best. But, you know, just for a nostalgic throwback to the old red and blue, it was kind of nice. And the company was even nice enough to send me like three more 3D movies for, for free, which was weird. Wow. That's um, yeah, cool. they gave me. Yeah, so uh, I'll have to try try those out too sometime or another. Um, but yeah, uh, that was that was kind of a cool throwback because I never, yeah, just seeing it how it was intended to be. For the most part, you know, it's the creature grabbing, it's the harpoon oh, when yeah. they're pointing it directly at the camera and stuff. So yeah, it's it's kind of like um, with uh, House of Wax, which was also of from that time, and um, the three D scenes are so obviously filmed just to be the 3d scenes yeah. like it's totally unrelated to the story but there's a scene that's like takes place outside in front of a theater and there's a guy who's just like playing with the yo-yo the guy mm -hmm. has no role in the movie he, he doesn't do anything except he pops up and he's like hey i've got a yo-yo and just yo-yo in your face like yeah. it's it's like it's so ridiculous yeah. it has nothing to do with the story whatsoever um, it, um it, if we're talking about like the 3d and like uh if i can make like one correlation like also because mm -hmm. uh to jump ahead a little bit the second the sequel to this revenge revenge of the creatures also filmed in 3d right <laughs> and they um in which is like eh, but like i thought it was cool it, because they have the creature captured like in like a sea world type of thing and then to me my mind immediately goes to jaws 3d when they have right. Jaws like in sea world and it's also in 3d and it's those like purposeful like here dude it's all i mean it's awful 
that Jaws mm-hmm. is, is it's just it's just really bad. Well, um, Reve- but, well, Re- Revenge of the Creature is pretty bad too. Actually. Right, right, yeah. in its own right. But like this is like it, it just uh, to me, I was like, did they just copy the the plot from Revenge of the Creature? Right, like, it, yeah. it seems like the exact same thing. They have the creature, you know, captured in like the Sea World or the non-union equivalent mm-hmm. version of Sea World, and that's pretty much what is going on in Jaws 3D. Um, and those those shots are just as just as awful and just as blatant and like <laughs> oh no here he comes and Jaws like breaks through the thing it, yeah and it's just like those shots in the, it, that are just those cheap like fucking three D but the but they're in every three D movie though I mean right? yeah mm-hmm. you can't get yeah away. pretty much yeah I would say I've seen two other movies like in a theater with the regular not the red and blue glasses and um definitely the four the one was the the fourth epi- the fourth of um pirates of the caribbean and it was so like the guns the swords like directly out at the screen mm-hmm. and shit like that it's just like yeah because that's not how a movie is filmed people don't point shit directly right. on the camera and films yeah. so. what was the other one and uh, I watched uh, Clash, the remake of the Clash of the Titans, which uh, I I liked because it was in 3D. I don't. I'm I'm a weird purist. I prefer the originals, even though they're really shitty or whatever, versus the remakes. And so it's just like, uh, yeah, that was cool. So the Kraken, like his tentacles yeah, yeah. and shit coming out. So uh, that was kind of cool. I'm I may be wrong about this, uh, but I I I think. The last time I saw a 3D movie in the theater was Freddy's Dead. <laughs> that's like oh, yeah. 1991. Yeah, that's like pre, way pre-New Era 3D. Yeah. Yeah, that's like 30 years that was ago. The, that was the red and blue glasses, correct? Yes. Because I remember getting in the VHS of that and watching it in broad daylight and wearing the fucking glasses and be like, eh, this doesn't this isn't doing anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have I have the DVD with the 3D glasses and uh, goggles. It they do nothing. They, they do nothing. They do. They like they really don't work. That's like a perfect yeah. quote for that. Because, yeah, it, it doesn't look good at all. That's been my experience with 3D at home is that it doesn't yeah. really. But, uh, you know, it like maybe if good. maybe if you have some super high def TV and, and Blu-ray and all that shit, maybe. Oh. but. I don't know. I will say that before I bought that, my dumbass, because I don't read shit, um, I had bought a Blu-ray that said that in 3D. So I was like, oh, well, maybe they just give you glasses. And I was thinking it was like the theater where they give you like the clear glasses or whatever. And then I get it. It's like, oh, no, you have to have a 3D 3D TV, a 3D Blu-ray and the 3D glasses. And then Andy had told me that he had read up on that one time. And he said, apparently, it's awful because you have to sit directly in center of the TV to use all this stuff and i'm just like what's what's the point of that yeah that's so, just yeah. gimmicky crap like i've never 3D been the air scam 3d tv 3d glasses and the 3d blu-rayer you said yeah yeah Blu- i gotta have like all three Blu-ray of them. player yeah. Blu-ray player yeah. yeah um i i uh i i've never been particularly a, a gimmick person you know like when it comes to movie theaters like the the 3d and all that kind of stuff I, i'd rather just a good movie i don't need all that mm-hmm. shit um but uh they were all about it in the early 50s uh and i did want to talk a little bit about the production of the film uh producer uh william aland uh was at a dinner party when he was uh for uh citizen kane actually where uh, he played a small role as a reporter in the movie uh and he was talking to a cinematographer by the name of uh gabriel figueroa 
And uh, Figueroa told him about the myth of these uh, race of half fish, half human creatures in the Amazon. And so Alan uh, then wrote this story, or he kind of outlined the story, I should say, um, many years later. And uh, in 1952, uh, Maurice Zim expanded it into a treatment. Harry Essex and Arthur Ross wrote the the Black Lagoon. Um, and like I was, I mentioned House of Wax earlier, following the success of uh, House of Wax, um, Jack Arnold was hired to uh, direct the film in the same format in, in 3D. Uh, and uh, as Carrie mentioned, uh, Melissa Patrick, uh, the, the woman who designed the Guildman, uh, she was a an animator for Walt uh, Walt Disney Studios. Disney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, her her role was deliberately downplayed by the other makeup artist, uh, Bud Westmore. Uh, for half a century, he he got sole credit for the creature's conception, uh, as as Carrie was saying. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, we talked about Ben Chapman playing Gilman and all of that. Uh, so that's basically all I wanted to say uh, about the production of it, except that Creature from Black Lagoon did spawn two sequels, uh, Revenge of the Creature in 55, which was also, uh, directed, um, by, uh, Arnold and, uh, and then of course the Creature Walks Among Us in 56, which was the first one that was filmed in 2D. Um, and then there was a comedic appearance with um, Abbott Costello on an episode of the Colgate Comedy Hour, my favorite show. Which you can uh, watch it, on YouTube in its entirety, which I watched. Oh, oh, nice, nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, so okay. you'll have to you'll have to tell us about that because I haven't watched it. Um, mm -hmm. And it aired prior to the release of Creature Walks Among Us. Um, so when uh, oh, we we did talk. Uh, you brought up uh, Revenge of the, the Creature, uh, John Wayne, and um, in that one, he does go to this uh, uh, this aquarium-type place to be studied and everything. Uh, and a little fun movie trivia is uh, making his first film appearance as a young, oh, yeah. uh, a, a young technician at that place is Clint Eastwood mm -hmm. uh, in mm -hmm. his first film role. I think he's like in his early 20s or something. That, um, yeah. You can watch that little clip on YouTube as well. His little, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So and you can watch everything on YouTube. At the, I, I'm uh, just but, saying for for the audience if they want to see that. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like uh, how Harrison Ford. I forget what his first appearance is, but it's something like that where he's like a hotel paid, where he's like, "You have a call at the front desk" or some shit like that. It's pretty much yeah. like that, but those <laughs> things are pretty fun. Yeah, no, they can be fun for sure. And yeah, he's so young in it. He must be like 20, 21 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So. I wanted to, uh, we, Carrie, you mentioned a little bit how you first saw it and got into it, but I think we got a little sidetracked. And John Wayne, I yeah. want to hear your story too. Um, but Carrie, you were saying like you went through this phase where you only watch stuff in black and white, and that's yeah. how you ended up seeing the creature from the Black Lagoon for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's the first time that I saw it. Um, and and then yeah, the the I think uh for me it's always the I'm a weird person when it comes to like horror films and stuff too. Cause like, you know, obviously you watch that and then you're watching like Frankenstein and all these other things. And I think for creature, it was like, this is the one that's more like alien and less like humanoid. It is humanoid. Right. Yes. The creature is humanoid, but it's like less humanoid than like all the others. Uh, yeah. It's like even Wolfman starts out at human and transitions. Right. Uh, yeah. Stuff, but it's that's like, true. Uh, that's true. Yeah. They're, they're all, they're all, born human except for the creature mm -hmm. he's he's a hybrid sure. yeah. yeah 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 that's cool um so how did your because you do love creature he's like your favorite one you mentioned that when yes. we were talking yeah. about doing this mm -hmm. what is what is it about the creature what made you fall in love with Gilman? 
Um, I, I don't know. It's just, I think it's the design more than anything. Like yeah. I said, it's just like, um, I don't know. It's like, yeah, you look at the other ones and how they transition and, and stuff like that. And it's just like the fact that he actually has like that bladder for that, you know, the, the yeah. gullet thing that's uh, just like going in the, the gills. The gills. Yeah. yeah it, it's, Cool. It's like, yeah, very rudimentary, like animatronic stuff going on there. But like, I guess he just had like a bladder in his arm of his suit that he was pushing and he would like kind of open his mouth and like that thing would swell. And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I really like the, 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 the aspect of just like straight on just dead fucking eyes, yeah. you know, like the yeah. eyes are just very, they're static. They don't move. Uh, yeah, no, no emotion. Very shark-like yeah. in, in that sense. Yeah. yeah, that those those black eyes, the devil's eyes. Yeah, yeah that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like uh, you know, John Wayne was talking about Jaws and um, the correlation. For me, there was always that kind of correlation too, because when I was young, I was always into monsters and stuff like that, even as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't allowed to watch modern horror films because they were too intense for a young child. But I was yeah. allowed to watch the old black and white stuff. So, you know, I got to see all those things as, as a young kid. And um, Creature from the Black Lagoon definitely creeped me out because of that kind of, that those dead eyes and that kind of alien uh, fish, mm-hmm. you know, the fish man thing. Um, and then, of course, I saw Jaws later, and Jaws freaked me out big time. That movie's still one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Um, and, and I think the combined efforts of both of those monsters just made it like uh, this huge fish ocean phobia yeah. that i have yeah. it's like oh. i'm i I'm, I'm not afraid of of much i'm not saying i'm a big tough mm-hmm. guy or anything but there's not a lot of things that freak me out but i'm very very afraid of sharks they're my one big phobia phobia mm-hmm. and i don't go in the ocean because there's just there's sea monsters yeah. in there there are sea we, monsters in there we don't, I was gonna say, we, we, don't, don't we don't live there we don't belong yeah. there we're not supposed right. to go no. there. oh the i had this conversation I had that conversation last night with Andy because, like, I do have – it's not even sharks. It's the ocean. I'm yeah. fucking terrified. It's like, you know, how people – you know, if you put yourself in the mindset and you think about, like, going into outer space and how untethered you are and just how vast everything is, it's just, yeah. like, the vastness of the ocean. And we don't even know a tenth of what the fuck is in there. Yeah. It's just They're like, always it finding – there's always finding yeah. new creatures. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like that. the The ocean itself just freaks me the fuck out. And it's just like, yeah, I had somebody talking. Uh, just not too long ago, said something about swimming, and I was like, oh, I don't swim in the ocean. They're like, oh, you haven't even put your feet in the ocean. I was like, no, fuck that. I was like, I have nothing to do with the ocean. I've been to the beach. I've seen the ocean. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I can't. I can't see land on the other side of it. It's I, like, I, no. I'm the same way. I don't like being out on boats. I don't, you know, and I definitely don't want to, you know, dip my more than my feet in um but uh, uh well actually before i get to the other thing i was gonna say john wayne what was your um what was your relationship with creature when did you do you remember when you first saw it yeah well but just to comment on what you guys were saying like the mm-hmm. the the thing about creature that is truly terrifying is when you think about the ocean you said it there are these things that exist there that we don't even fucking know so mm-hmm. it's quite mm-hmm. possible that 
a gill man exists in some fucking grotto down under the fucking sea somewhere or something uh, a terrifying version of that um which like i i rewatch i haven't seen this movie in fucking ever but i rewatched it the other night like in in preparation for this and i was like dude this holds up this is like legitimately could be scary um especially for its time because this could truly exist it's mm. it's harder it's it's maybe safer for you to like the audience to wrap your mind around like the frankenstein monster or dracula mm. because you're like well that's just pretend we know it's pretend because the Bible says so. But yeah. a gill man. The Bible does <laughs> specifically mention Frankenstein. Frankenstein yeah, and, and Dracula. But yeah. the gill man could truly, really exist. A weird, crazy sharks exist. Weird mm-hmm. jellyfish men exist. A, a freak of evolution. So it's yes. very, mm-hmm. very plausible. And I think that makes it that much more terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I think maybe my first my I, my first introduction, like they're all pre- like it's prevalent growing up. I guess those Universal monsters, but maybe watching Monster Squad when it first mm-hmm. came out, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's the cr- okay, that's the cr- yeah the black yeah guy. that yeah. that that creature design is is absolutely amazing. I love that creature in Monster Squad. Uh, of course, that's uh, Stan Winston uh, designed mm-hmm. that particular version of it, um, and. Uh, yeah, that's just what I wanted to get back to. Is um, so yeah, there there might be there might be uh, gill men and women in the ocean. Uh, this is actually, as I mentioned, based on a a myth or a legend, you know, about the Amazon. Uh, and then, of course, we have like you know, mermaids and Atlantis and these other different uh, you know mythology about all that. Can I tell you, like the one, the main thing that bothered me about this movie, and I watched it. I was watching it with Scarlett, um, and and I kept saying, like, Jesus Christ, get out! Like, they're just like openly, let's go swimming in the Amazon. Get the fuck out of the water! Yeah. I know. The, like, fucking do like it's who a swims in the day. Amazon. There's, there's alli- alligators. Yeah. There's there's things that could crawl up your pee hole. There's yeah. weird yeah. everything, and it's like, oh, let's just go swim in the fucking am- no, like that in I the lagoon. Such a problem. Yeah, with that the entire yeah, yeah. like uh, God, well, the like, uh, malaria. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of shit. Yeah, um, the Amazon isn't where I would go to swim. Um, uh, so the majority of the scenes uh, were were shot at Universal City, uh, California, but. Uh, a second unit was brought down to Wakulla Springs, Florida, to do all the underwater scenes. Uh, and I've actually been to the lagoon in Wakulla Springs, Florida, where they filmed Creature from the Black Lagoon. And I was all excited That's to cool. go because, yeah, it, it, it was cool. And I was really excited to go because other people had told me, like, yeah, they have, like, statues of the creature and you can buy tons of creature oh, wow. merchandise. And they have all this stuff. And I go and I don't see any of that shit at all. There's mm. no statue. There's no nothing. There's nothing in the gift shop. And so I asked, I was like, am I in the wrong spot? You know, um, and they were like, no, no, you're not at all. This is where it was filmed. But Universal Studios threatened to sue us. Uh, oh, uh, what dickheads. Yeah, oh, yeah, you, you, yeah, Universal was like, no, you can't have any of this stuff. And I think maybe it uh, it was around the time that Universal opened Universal Studios, the theme park, uh, which is mm-hmm. in Central Florida. So I don't yeah. know if they thought it was too competitive or something, but they didn't have any fucking rides. You just, it's a national, it's like a national park. You know, you go and like, you can, you can, you know, swim in the lagoon or whatever. And, yeah. and just people were just there like sunbathing and shit, you know? 
Um, one of those, but, but you can go, dude. They just wanted to take away all the images, like you know, can't use it, can't yeah. use it. Yep, they do. Us now, they have to call it the place where the monster from a water place lived. Like they have to like dance around it because they can't use yeah. it like verbiage or some <laughs> shit. Yeah, um, because creature is an original creation of Universal Studios, unlike. The other monsters, uh, most of the other monsters, Ronald Ruck or Ricky Rouse. Yeah, right. Well, most of the others, mostly, <laughs> most of the others are in public domain now. Dracula, right. Frankenstein, um, you know, Wolfman, original Universal property, right? Yeah. Right, right. I mean, Wolfman kind of is because you know the Larry Talbot character is is the Wolfman, but werewolves are in the public yeah. domain. Mummies are in the public domain. It's just those particular individual stories that are not. Uh, but creature is. Universal's own creation, so yeah, mm -hmm. we can't do it. Even though uh, at Universal Studios, the only they only briefly did anything monster themed. Like for a long time, they had the the Monsters Cafe at Universal Studios, which was pretty mm -hmm. cool. Uh, and actually, the guy who runs the Witch's Dungeon actually designed the Wolfman for that place, which is pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, but they got rid of that. That thing's gone. They don't have that cafe anymore, mm -hmm. and. At some of the Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, they occasionally would do like, uh, uh, they did like a, a haunted house where it was like all of those creatures together. And uh, you would go like from room to room and it'd be like a different setting. But otherwise, wow. they don't they do not do anything with those monsters. They're considered forgotten. And Universal, uh, the film company, has long tried to put together uh, to do kind of what Marvel has done in creating this like universe. Um, yeah. And with all the monsters, but they've just failed repeatedly, and I, I want to get into into that in a, a little bit. But um, uh, uh, going back to the uh, the aesthetic appeal, because Carrie, you were saying it was like the look of the monster that really gets mm -hmm. you, and I think that's true for a lot of people. I think horror fans just really love the look of the creature more than even the movie. I think a lot of people are just obsessed with the way he looks and haven't even seen all of. Oh the yeah, movie, yeah. You know, I think that's definitely true. Because because he, he has this kind of punk rock thing like like with the fucking belt buckle mm -hmm. you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's a um it's like um I think somebody described it as like sexy like it's a sexier like a sleeker version than most of the other monsters and just the, the more like like I said when I grew up I was just like a weird kid that was really into like how the makeup was done and stuff like that and it's like yeah. that is from head to toe a complete you know makeup transition. Yeah. That's a complete. I mean, that's a complete bodysuit that he wore, and it was a rubber yeah. suit. And apparently, it was absolutely brutal to wear. That it was extremely yes. hot, and like whenever he wasn't, uh, but it was like hard to get in and out of. So I had to keep it on. And whenever he was off, off camera, like they were like just spraying him down with a hose to try to cool him down because it was oh, yeah. so hot in the fucking thing. He didn't sit down. Either. And apparently, it was made. Uh, yeah. There's like different ways that you can cast things. There's like the silicone, which is like heavy. But, uh, you know, more realistic. And what they went with is like that. Uh, I don't know the exact terminology, but it's like foam filled, yeah. like it's latex with foam. So they said when it got submerged, that suit got really heavy. Right, so right. it was really difficult for the guy to swim in it. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty wild. Um, the uh, shit, what was I going to say? Something something else about the special effects I was going the to say. The aesthetic, uh, 
I'll jump in it if you no, want. Go ahead. Yeah, no, please. Um, like ahead. the 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 creature aesthetic um, that you're like, you know, you were saying like a lot of people gravitate towards that. I I see it a lot at, at the conventions, just like with mm -hmm. there's there's these purses that are like the creature's fucking head, and and there oh, yeah. there's a lot of like um, merchandising around it, which I also did some research behind. And I was like, when I was telling Scarlet, like, yeah, we're doing the creature first. She was like, oh, yeah, like, there's all these, like, goth, the you know, goth, yeah. girl, new spooky girls or whatever <clears throat> that, that gravitate towards that. And I was like, really? I don't, I've never really, like, you know, been a, a creature fan. I'm just kind of like, whatever. And in, in preparation for this and doing this reading and, and watching these movies and, and do, like, I watched this ton of shit on YouTube. I had like this new uh, appreciation for the creature, I guess, where I was like, you know what? Creature's pretty cool. Also, I think the only reason I, that I was like, uh, fuck the creature was because I was afraid of the creature because it could be Ooh. real. And I had to face my fears. And and the GP, uh, it was the GP coming out. And me. But no, the creature actually is, is a fascinating uh, character, I think. And um i had a lot of a, a lot of fun with this so but now now i get it i guess a little bit more yeah but at the yeah. same time you're right there are these fucking new new goths that are like hey my creature person they haven't and i anything. think for like the women being attracted to it thing i think it has to do with because like i was watching it last night i was like oh yeah i mean it's just like um king kong it's like <laughs> just, you know this creature like, oh. trying to you know trying to steal this woman or whatever steal a woman. just yeah, like yeah. Yeah, and then you have like what was it like the shape of water? Like a woman was right. fucking a fish man, and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, my favorite of all time uh, that I think that this is a prototype for is uh, humanoids from the deep, oh, which I was love like yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah. like those are just like fish creatures that were coming out and like basically raping women. They were but, raping like, women. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's a really Great good. I I've always wanted, always want. That's always like. Uh, You've always wanted list. to make love to yeah. a fish yeah. man. Yeah, I always wanted to make love to a fish. No, I always wanted to write the uh, novelization of humanoids from the deep. That's oh, like wow. I fucking want to write that so bad. Yeah. Um, Before but I yeah, die, I'm gonna fuck me a fish. Yeah. So well, it's just like because when you watch it, there's like no, you know, with everything, there's always like motivation, and it's just like, what is this? He's just killing dudes, but he's like trying to carry the woman off. And it's like he's, so... he's trying to get that sweet Julia Adams action. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you mentioned the shape of the water. I did want to bring up that mm -hmm. as well as some other uh, creature movies that never were. Um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, let me check my notes here. 2017 is The Shape of the Water, which was, uh, of course, uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, movie. Uh, he, abs he absolutely loved Creature from the Back Lagoon growing up. And his idea was like, I want, I was like, this is what would, ha would happen if the romance in Creature from the Black Lagoon worked out, if like the creature yeah. actually did end up with the woman. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is amusing. Of course, John Wayne brought up Monster Squad. The creature appeared in that as well. Um, but otherwise, we've just seen kind of you know, certainly ripoffs or homages, you know, humanoids from the deep and, and many, many other, you know, sea creature movies. Um, but I have a list here I wanted to go through. These are some of the creature from the Black Lagoon movies that could have been, and I wish they had, they just sound amazing. Uh, in 1982, John Landis wanted Jack Arnold to direct a remake of the film, and Nigel uh, Neal was commissioned to write the screenplay, and he even wrote it. And it involves a pair, a pair of creatures, one destructive and the other one sensitive, uh, being persecuted by the Navy. 
Hmm. Now, Ni- Nigel Neal, uh, it of course gave us Quartermass in the Pit, which was uh, very much beloved by John Carpenter, and his movie Prince of Darkness was very inspired by it. And Nigel Neal, uh, Neal also wrote um, uh, the original script for Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. Uh, but uh, but he was so unhappy with the changes that they made and so unhappy with the movie that he demanded his name be taken off of it um but that's interesting we almost got a movie that involved john landis who of course gave us american wealth in london uh with jack arnold the original film's director and nigel neal writing the script so that's one that we almost got in 82 but it didn't happen another one and i remember i remember reading and hearing i'm sorry john wayne were you gonna say something no, I actually I redact my I'm gonna redact that comment. I I, I redact. <laughs> okay. Um another one, and this one I remember hearing about a lot in Fangoria and stuff uh, in Gorazone, like at the time, in around 92, 93, John Carpenter was attached to do a creature remake. Um yeah, yeah he originally hired uh let me check my notes, uh Bill Phillips to write the script with Rick Baker hired to do the fucking creature, Rick Baker, another American world from London. He gave us the best fucking werewolf transformation of all yeah. time. You know, he, and, um, you know, he did several other horror movies. Uh, people often bring up Tom Savini, but Rick Baker, I yeah. think was even better than Savini. Uh, one of the great special effects are, so I can only imagine how cool that would have looked. Um, mm-hmm. uh, let me just, uh, there was another one. Ivan Reitman was talking about doing a remake at one point. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, and there was one other one that was really interesting, which was it? Do you guys remember um, those like to- the the toys that they had of of Gilman, where you could drop him in the water and he like would stand up and he had like it was it was weighted in a certain way and it just would kind of like bob. It, oh, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah. Remember those? No, but you know what? You did you did just remind me. That's what I wanted to talk about. Is uh, I think some of the appeal of it is. A lot of people having the toys because the toys are always really cool. Um, so many of them. I, yeah, there, there were, but I mean, I'm talking about the OG toys. Like, yeah. you know, of course, there were the model kits in the 50s and 60s, and you know, like, like you, like you guys were saying, all the other monsters were just basically people, Dracula and stuff. But creature was like this green monster thing, so he was kind of yeah. like cooler, more aesthetically cooler and interesting to a horror fan. Uh, but when I was young, um, I think they were Remco. I think made them uh but there were these little like gi joe sized action figures of all the universal monsters and they had two variants of the creature and one was just the regular creature and then one glowed in the dark and the glow in the dark yeah the glow in the dark one was was super rare and like so it was really hard to find and i remember i wanted it so fucking bad and i never got it but i had the regular one and um and i think like growing up with that kind of stuff like as a kid when you're first getting into monsters i think that that kind of love for the creature remains with you forever because you were just as a kid you're like wow this is the weirdest looking one can uh um, can you see oh, okay right yes i can see yeah see that. yeah do, do you, does anybody know if they ever made like a scuba steve creature from the black lagoon you know, do you remember? Scuba, oh yeah, scuba I remember Steve. Scuba, He was a wind-up guy. Yeah. You put him in a bathtub, and you would just like I, I'm swim. I'm sure they had to have. They had. They to. had to. They had to have. Like, but there's so like I looked at a bunch of these. Yeah. A oh yeah, there's there's millions and, of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a they have a whole bunch of them. Um, yeah. But geez, dude, like, yeah, I remember the ones you could drop in the water, and they just like, do, 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 their arms were. Yeah, out. there's. Yeah. There are many, many, many now. I mean, because horror toys are big business now, but. 
you know, back in the fifties and sixties, you had those model kits. And then in like the seventies and eighties, you had the, the, the Remco or whatever, or reaction, or I can't remember which one it is now. Um, reaction but, uh, Super seven. There's a couple companies that kind of yeah, brought that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, pardon me. <laughs> so, uh, uh, little dead air here. What's wrong? I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. I oh oh yeah the the the, the remakes. That's it. That's that, it. That, oh yeah, we were on the remakes. Yeah, that's where I was. That's where I was. Uh, so I was talking briefly about how Universal's has been trying to create a shared universe for its monsters. Uh, you know, to kind of rival what Marvel and DC has done. Uh, and I'm all for that. I think that would be great. Uh, but the problem is, is that they failed miserably at trying to do this. They made the Wolfman first. Uh, in like I think it was 2005 or six or something, and it was just not good. Despite having you know talented actors and good special effects, it just wasn't good. Uh, mm -hmm. And then they tried to really bring it back once the whole Marvel thing blew up, and they started with the Mummy in 2017, the Tom Cruise movie that no one saw and no one liked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and but it was intended to be followed by a remake of Bride of Frankenstein uh, prior to the uh, you know commercial failure of the Mummy. Creature from the Black Lagoon was also intended to be in development with the reboot, uh, with a story written by Jeff Pinker and a script uh, written by Will Beale. Uh, in June, Kurtzman revealed that the Gilman in this film would be from the Amazon. But on November 8th, Alex Kurtzman and Chris Morgan moved on to other projects, leaving the future of the Dark Universe even further in doubt. So that's what they were calling it, is the Dark Universe. So there's still some possibility this will happen, but they've made two movies and they were both bad and so it just hasn't really been working yeah. yeah why did they want to start with the mummy like i don't know here's don't know. here's the mummy like get start with something like a creature or something more like just just like that is a something creature. better <laughs> yeah like a mummy yeah. is just a fucking mummy you know you gotta no, my my thing with the mummy along. that you know, the, like, the, my my problem with the mummy, at least like you know the the original, the Boris Karloff mummy movie, is it's it's almost exactly the same story as Dracula. Like when you watch it, like plot wise, you know you have this guy who comes back and he sees this woman who reminds him of the woman that he loved back when he was a, a mortal, and he's yeah. back from the dead trying to get her. It's the same fucking story, you know. It's just it's it's very unoriginal to me. So I've never been a like he's my least favorite. I know, um, and, of all and, of them. and that's why I don't know why they started with with that. One. I don't know, and but, and particularly because they already had like you know in the nineties there was the whole Brendan Fraser mummy thing, which was very successful. Uh, at, uh, I'm sorry, what? Go ahead. I just said exactly. Okay, they had yeah. that already. So why they had that already, and it was really successful, and a lot of people still like are attached to that. Uh, even though that was really more like an, of an Indiana Jones style type of thing, it wasn't really like the mummy from like it wasn't the same story. Um, but I don't even know if the 2017 mummy story was the same uh, either, because I just had no interest in seeing it, and neither did the rest of the world. <laughs> did not, did not see it. Um, so we have no idea if that moving forward any of these movies will be made. Yeah, the the dark universe. Yeah. We'll see if it expands. Dark, okay. I, let's 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 also like that's 4:30 on a Friday in the writing room. The dark universe. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with it. Write it down. I'll see you yeah. guys at drinks. No, yeah. come on. Let's fucking get it a better name or nothing. Yeah. And let's just yeah. So if we're putting out, I, I was going to say, if if they're going to do a, a, a like a Gilman movie or a creature movie, 
now what what do you guys think is the best way to to do it uh you know how, or is it dark is it violent is it oh is yeah it stick yeah, to yeah. oh yeah yeah it, it, it's more it's more like what are we doing here it, it's more like humanoids from the deep uh i <laughs> for me that's what i would, would uh but i will say on a really really weird side note that when i first started writing i had met some writers um uh, and one of them, uh, his name was Shannon Yarbrow, and we always joked about doing a mashup with uh, Starcost Lovers, The Gill Man Meets the Mummy. One's too wet, one's too dry, and they can't be together, <laughs> you know? It's like the wets and the uh, dries. Oh, good. It's the wet and dries. Yep. <laughs> it's the wet and dries. Well, that's funny. I, uh, see, I would, I, would, I would enjoy that. Um, talk about a fridge bar. I think I think that uh, it would have to be horror for sure, and I think you could really do a lot with the underwater sequences being really scary and, and really dark. Um, mm -hmm. I would love it if we could get the John Carpenter one um, that I was so excited about yeah. thirty years ago. I was so excited for that news, um, being such you know, him being my favorite filmmaker and everything. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, can you imagine if we got John Carpenter out of retirement and got Rick Baker to, to you know to do the Rick Baker? Yeah. That's... Is he still is he still working? Baker? Okay. I'm not sure if he is. I think he's deceased. Uh rest in power. Um he's not dead. He's not he's not dead, just for the record. He's not dead. Yeah, I just wasn't sure record. if he was still working. <laughs> so, yeah, he might die tomorrow. Yeah. He could be dead, who knows? Um oh, but you know what? I'm looking right here and it was it was just his birthday. What do you know? Happy birthday, <sighs> 84 years young. No, uh, he's uh let's let me do the math. He's he's 72. So yeah, he's oh, probably not yeah. probably not doing a lot of probably not doing much. Just okay. like Carpenter, just sitting at home getting stoned. Carpenter's yeah. on playing the with his playing with his synthesizer. Though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. Carp Carpenter does do the music. That's true. That's yeah. true. But he I hasn't been done the, any movies. Did we just watched that last night was the Rise of the Sense. Uh it's a thing on Screenbox. It's a documentary about synth wave. And nice. uh, John Carpenter was uh, narrating it. It was pretty cool. Was... Oh, that's that's perfect for him to do it. Yeah, yeah. he's inspired. Yeah. He inspired so much of that that genre. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. So yeah, he is still working, but uh, not doing, not directing films. Movies, but, yeah, yeah, because it's just it's much more taxing. You know, it's it's you know to be, you know, to 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 make a movie. It's a it's an incredible amount of work, uh, and especially like. Uh... Something like synthwave, that's a that's a sol that's a very solitary thing. Like you can yes. make synthwave music at home by yourself, whereas yeah, like that's, movies, that's what it's he like does. you gotta have a whole right. crew of people. Stuff, yeah, he so. he just he makes the all the music at his house, you know, with his son and and their other music partner. And so you know, the only thing he's done is toured, but he doesn't tour a lot because he's you know he's an old man. Yeah. You know, so I end. I was very very happy in 2017. I got to see him perform in new york city and that was absolutely amazing that's cool. huge yeah. and you could buy vip tickets like limited vip tickets where you could go and meet him and i really wanted to do it but i chickened out uh because i love him so much and i love his movies yeah. so much i would hate to have a bad experience uh not saying that he would be a dick i mean he oh. might but not saying yeah. that he'd be a dick but i could embarrass myself and it would haunt me forever and i was like i just I'm, chickened out <laughs> i'm uh i'm terrified to meet my idols john wayne experienced it when uh uh, Cassandra Peterson was at uh, this, uh, and what was it, the Spooky Empire or something? Uh -huh. And I was just like, I want to go meet her, but uh -huh. I'm 
terrified. I was like, I'm not going to do it. So yeah, I've Although, heard she's an absolute sweetheart, though. I've heard she's she is, very yeah. sweet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've heard John Carpenter can be a little crusty sometimes. Not that he's a dick like Tom Savini, but he's just kind of. Yeah just kind of like, you know, just old and, and tired. He's like, oh, thanks. You know, yeah. like, you know, but yeah, other Bruce people Campbell's have said the same good way. It's oh, like, yeah. I love Bruce Campbell, but I don't think I want to meet him because he has his days I've heard. And I'm just like, nah, I'll just, that's fine. I can yeah. watch him in the movies. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Definitely. <laughs> well, um, do we have anything else that we want to say about the, oh, well, we didn't talk about the sequels that much. Um, Revenge of the Creature, also by you know, the same director, Jack Arnold, uh, came out shortly afterwards. Um, I really, really don't like Revenge of the Creature. Yeah. I think it's it's, a, it's way too much footage of him just swimming around. Just swimming, mm-hmm. swimming, swimming, swimming. It's a lot of filler. Um, it's a lot of filler. Um, the Creature Walks Among Us, I like a little bit better because it has more entertainment value. But man, is that a terrible movie. Um, yeah. It's really bad. It's like, you know, Mystery and Science Theater did a dunk on it at one point and everything. Uh, it's really just just not not very good um the, the, i think the first one is the one that the only one that i really regularly revisit mm-hmm. how about you guys yeah, same with me yeah i'm yeah. the same way it's just like that's the only one that i don't know it's not worth you know so there's some franchises it's like you get into them and i was like no they're all good and it's it's one cohesive you know it, it all makes sense together and then there's yeah. other ones it just becomes like a jumbled fucking mess or it's just right. not as good and you're just like i don't know yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think, um, you know, I think a lot of the Universal monster movies had some good sequels. You know, Bride of Frankenstein is a better movie than Frankenstein, if you ask me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of the other sequels, Son of Frankenstein and House of Frankenstein and all that, like, you know, they have their their merits as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Revenge of the Creature is particularly bad. Uh, and Creature Walks Among Us, at least with Creature Walks Among Us, you get a different creature look like because he's somewhat humanized in that he has to have like he gets burned or something and he has to have surgery it's so it's kind of a ridiculous plot anyway that like he's like on land and everything um but uh but i mean i guess they're worth checking out at least once but like even critically like creature from i mean creature from the back lagoon is kind of you know hailed whereas revenge of the creature Mm -hmm. is widely considered one of the worst horror sequels ever yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's got like I think like seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> everything you need to see about that. Just watch clips on YouTube for the second one. Yeah, yeah. You know, once you see Clint Eastwood, you're done. Yeah, yeah. The um, <laughs> the Abbott and Costello Colgate uh, situation is no better. Uh, if, <laughs> if I can weigh in, um, I'm shocked. I am shocked. It's, it's 15 minutes of uh, preamble and um, whatever, and like 15 seconds of of creature at the end. Wow. Like, the premise is they they go to the uh, Universal prop department to get some props for their sketch for the Colgate uh, super happy out whatever the fuck <laughs> and. Uh, and uh Costello's, you know, the, he's like, I'm going in here with the prop, man. Abbott, you stay out here and fucking whatever. Like, or, or maybe I got that confused, but the fat one, he stays out there. And uh, mm-hmm. he's trying to like write down, he's scared of all the, the props because they're all the monsters. And uh, yeah. he's supposed to be writing down props that they could use in their next sketch. Or, or and, mm-hmm. and the ink vat is like moving around on the desk and he thinks there's ghosts. And it's just like this big sloppy, like half 
two-handed jerk mm-hmm. off until you get to the end. Oh. And the creature comes out and is like, ah, and he's like, oh, die. And they realize there really were monsters coming after him in the in the prop room. It wasn't just like a, oh. Well, a did, did it have that? And- did, did it have the music cue, which I love? That's the fucking sound every time in Creature of the And it's kind of yes. distracting. It's it's uh, it's very grating too. It like is. What, it is. Yeah. 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 That's no, the, that's oh. a. I'm glad that that you feel the same way because yeah, every time like if his hand comes out of the water or if yeah, he's, anytime like, they show him, yeah. it's just that same. Like, bah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I I will say too, uh, we were talking about the props. Um, I know I won't get the story completely right, but uh, if you go to IMBD and you look or DB or whatever it is, and you look at uh, the creature of the Black Lagoon and you go into the trivia. So uh, at one point, uh, all of the props and the costumes were thrown in the trash. And there was a guy, I think he was a janitor who was, who noticed that the full suit of the creature of the Black Lagoon was in a dumpster and just like pulled it out and gave it to his kid who dressed up like uh the creature for uh halloween one year so that's awesome. that's yeah. yeah that is something that they that um they talk about um at the witch's dungeon as well when they they show you like a lot of the props and stuff is that universal is has had like a reputation for not being good to its monsters how like a lot of yeah. that stuff was just thrown in the trash because they just needed to make room for new shit and um yeah. you know and cuz some of the stuff that they had there was actually rescued like like that guy rescued the suit mm-hmm. um they have the head there from uh this island earth the head from the monster with the giant brain and everything oh yeah um, yeah they have that there and it's still in like they have it in a glass case but it's amazing it's an immaculate condition for something that's like you know half a century more than half a century old yeah um you know because the, the, this thing was made of rubber rather than latex because latex deteriorates much much faster uh, but oh, yeah. the, the thing is absolutely huge. Like when you look at it, you're like, man, some guy had to walk around with that thing on his head. You know, it yeah. looks like it weighs like 40 or 50 pounds and it's like mm-hmm. four times as big as a human head. Um, but that was the other thing with the guy who played the creatures. Like he he could barely, he, he, you know, first of all, he's weighed down. Yeah. He's hot. He could barely see. Uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, uh, Julie Adams, he, like when he was carrying her on his shoulder, he like banged her head into the fucking walls. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, there's a there's a story where they they thought she had passed out or something like that, but like yeah, he couldn't see and he like came around the corner and just like slammed her head into this cave wall or something. And <laughs> uh, uh, Julia Adams has has since passed away, but I did have a funny little personal story with her. Um, we used to date. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but no, um, uh, a long time ago, like over 10 years ago my uh ex-wife and i you know she was my wife at the time uh we i was doing this blog called the tavern of terror and we did like just funny stuff like and it was actually at christmas time that we did this where we did uh a, a list of like 10 christmas horror movies we would love to see and one of them is i came up with one called um christmas from the black lagoon mm-hmm. and uh, she was really so a really good graphic designer she actually designed some of my book covers like full brutal you know she did the cover yeah. for that um, and so I would come up with the idea and I would write the plot of these, you know, short little synopsis of what the movie was about. And she would design the pictures. And I'm actually, I still have the pictures. I'm going to, uh, I think we'll use it for the banner for this uh, issue okay. because this episode, because uh, the picture is the of Photoshop to the Guild Man handing Julia Adams um, a present, you know, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And he's got a Santa hat on and everything. Anyway, um, 
that picture, like, you know, because, you know, we had it on Facebook and all that, it ended up eventually getting back to Julia Adams, like someone sent it to her and she posted it on her Facebook and talked oh, about wow. how, how much she loved it and everything. That's fucking uh, awesome. So yeah, I got to talk to her a little bit and I was like, yeah, we made that. And she was like, oh, it's mm-hmm. wonderful. I'm, I love it. And I'm sure you made so many Gilman fans happy and everything. Uh, so she was actually really nice. That's uh, cool. That, that's my little Julie Adams story. <laughs> that's the miracle of Facebook, everybody. Yeah. We should all be so grateful for Facebook yeah. and all it's done for our lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know, people talk about going back in time and like you know they kill hitler and i'm like yeah that's good too i would also kill zuckerberg i think you know, like, <laughs> just prevent social media from happening i think it's like it's like it's good in who some thought, ways but who thought allowing everyone in the world to have a profile where they could say whatever the fuck they wanted to was gonna right. like go bad yeah I, social media has hurt <laughs> our lives in so many ways that's a whole other episode we could do uh but anyway i think we're just about wrapped up here uh do you guys want to say anything else about the creature anything we didn't cover mm. i think we covered a lot yeah yeah oh, no like i said newfound respect for the creature uh worth why if you have not watched the movie at least watch the first one you could like, yeah that's other, all you really need read about yeah, the you just need the deal. first one first one is yeah. what you need um and uh, I think it was a, a great uh, kickoff to our, our monster series. The Monster Mash series, yes. And we're going to be back with several other uh, celebrity horror writer guests that we're really excited to have. Uh, and yeah, the, the idea came to me because I uh, I really love um, the old monster movies. You know, I grew up with them. Um, not that I'm some old man and saw them in theaters or anything. I'm just an old man who watched them at home you know, on, on cable TV as a kid. Uh, and I do, I really like to revisit them around Halloween. You know, it's like, it's, you know, Halloween time, like some movies I'll just, I'll save just for that time. Like I don't watch any Halloween, like I don't watch any Michael Myers movies except in October. I save them to watch them then. And I do that a lot with the, um, you know, with the, the universal monsters as well. And I really went all out this past Halloween season uh, revisiting all of them. Like I watched all the Frankenstein's, the Fly, like everything. Of course, the Fly isn't you know part of that that group, but you know what I'm saying. I watched a lot of the old classic monsters, Invisible Man, and so forth. So you know, I reached out to John Wayne. I was like, "We should do this," and he was like, "Fuck yeah!" So I'm very excited, folks. There's going to be more monsters coming very soon. Absolutely, uh, Carrie. Thank you for joining us for being our first guest. Uh, yes. Thank you so much, and thanks for all your knowledge and passion about the creature. Oh yeah, no, uh, thanks for having me on. It's like uh, when you guys came at me, and first thing I was like, "Creature," because it's yeah. like, yeah, that yeah. book and and everything. It's like, yeah, if uh, if you watch the creature from the Black Lagoon, the first one, don't bother with the others, and you yeah. really want to know any more, yeah, definitely pick up that book called "The Lady from the Black Lagoon." Uh, it uh, goes into how um yeah millicent was a part of that project and how she was kind of like shoved out of the limelight um for designing it uh just yeah. pure jealous it looked like pure jealousy possibly but who knows uh, yeah just jealousy yeah. And, and just general misogyny of the time yeah, yeah. yes yeah yeah um so but thank you and everyone check out grindhouse press grindhousepress.com uh yes way to, to to follow everything you're doing and everything coming out with the with the press uh, yes. Well, this has been a very fun Christmas from the Black Lagoon, guys, and I appreciate yeah. it. Oh, ho, ho, blub. Yep. 
we we wish you all a, a jolly holiday season i guess i mean yeah <laughs> yeah what whatever whatever yeah happy hanukkah yes <laughs> first night of hanukkah actually you're right it is it is the first night of hanukkah i, I saw yeah. that on the old calendar uh yeah yeah, yeah. So all right <laughs> shalom <laughs> that's the perfect way to end the, the end of the episode shalom yeah. hello there you go Thank mm-hmm. you.